Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziegler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, we talk about why we do and don't implement. I mean, wouldn't you like to know just why you do what you do and don't do much of what you'd wish yourself to do? This is a topic in many of our shows. But in this case, thinking about implementing the plans that would progress our lives. This is the focus that my guest in this episode brings us, Howard Partridge's new book. It's titled FTI, Failure to Implement. And he walks us through 10 principles for business and life success. But what jumped out to me is what a great audit these 10 areas are for our life. If we you know, look at any area and just feel like we're lacking implementation in our life, in our work, in our relationships, in our health, whatever, these 10 principles are great to go through and go, gosh, where am I not having an intentional plan, making intentional investments? This is a very telltale sign as to why I'm not implementing in these areas. So it's almost like a recipe for implementation. So I ask you, as we go through these 10 principles of things to do to also just think about, gosh, where in each area do I have a void or a lack? Uh, if you don't know Howard, he's not just a wildly successful businessman and business coach. He's a fellow student devotee and purveyor of the Ziegler legacy. Howard has been the exclusive business coach for Ziegler for many years, works with Tom Ziegler on running the overall Ziegler Corporation. And Howard has authored eight books, one of which you'll hear us reference, The Power of Community. That was our focus in a past Ziegler show, episode 533. I strongly encourage you to go check out. And you can get the book, FTI Failure to implement at howardpartridge.com or wherever you buy books. So I'll bring Howard to you and this message after sharing some great products and services. Well, Howard, uh, just a gift to have you back here again. Actually, it seems kind of odd as one of the main pillars of Ziegler that uh, we haven't haven't had you on the show for a while. And the book I, I'm enamored with, and I'll tell you why in a minute. I'm going to get there, but I'm going to drill down on a couple of things. I mean, you, you know, the crux of the book, uh, and this is your quote, the number one reason people don't reach their biggest dreams and goals is FTI, failure to implement. Many times people know what to do and how to do it. They just don't do it. Well, Right away, I'm in Romans 7, 14, and Paul saying, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. And that part right there, of course, what I will to do, that I do not practice. Yes. I mean, I don't yes. think there's anybody listening, including me, who can't relate to that. I mean, you're hitting to the, I think, a core of the struggle of humanity. Yes, absolutely. No doubt about it. Uh, well, so that is... Uh, we're on the same we're on the same wavelength here. So what it brings up though a little bit, and I want to dispel this right off the bat, is everybody knows, I bet listening, Nike's old slogan, you know, just do it. And I think from this, you know, failure to implement, we don't do what we want to do, and it's okay, just do it. You know, want it, want it, want it more, want it harder. And that's not the message that you're giving in here. And I know you've been privy to that kind of perspective, but I'm wondering, is that some of your effort was to kind of dispel that because, you know, that doesn't work either. Just, you know, grit down, get more right. willpower. Yeah, right. Absolutely. In fact, uh, one of the things that I share in the book is that there are plenty of productivity books, great yeah. productivity books, great habit books. And, uh, and I read all the time on that, that sort of thing. 
So one of the things that I do in the book is I drill down to the why we don't implement. And once you get why you don't implement, then it's a lot easier to start unpacking that and actually adopting and using the principles. Well, and I'm, yes, why that's the awareness. I love that term of aware and what's most dangerous is what we are not aware of. Before we dig in a little bit, you have, uh, this is again, a quote right out of there. And you say, if you're like most, might even be the inside cover. I can't remember, but if you're, if you're like most people, you're not fulfilling your God given potential. I wanted, yes. I wanted to hear from you on that. I mean, cause that is, you know, even amongst the church and, and whatnot, that can be a controversial topic of God's given potential. I think a lot of people take that and feel shame from that perspective. And yet, um, what well, I'll let you unpack it a little bit. Just your, your feelings. Yeah, so sure. So the thing is, is that I make it clear right off the bat, right in the book that I believe that we were created. Uh, Mr. Ziegler, had no qualms about sharing with people uh, that uh, we are created. And so when you believe that you were created, and obviously we believe that we were, then God uh, gave you, brought you here for a reason. God gave you a reason to live. God designed you. And we often hear that God has a plan for your life, but we never really think about well, what is that plan. That doesn't mean that you have to quit doing what you're doing necessarily. It doesn't mean that your work has to be, you know, just everything about your purpose, but it does mean that I have to understand as a human being that I have value and that God has me here for a reason. And everybody is called to a different station in life. One of the principles that I talk about in the book is called the purpose principle. And it comes after a couple other principles And the first one is about uh, potential, your potential principle. Understanding your potential impacts phenomenal performance. So at the appropriate time, I'll sort of unpack the whole philosophy. But, you know, it it doesn't mean that you have to quit your job. It doesn't mean that you have to go do something else. In fact, there was a time when I was considering selling my business when it was fairly small because I wanted to be in, quote unquote, full time ministry. Right. Right. And what I later learned is that my business, my career is my ministry. I'm here in the Caribbean right now with a house full of clients. We rented a big, huge house on the beach and and just lives uh, right here have been impacted in so, so many ways because of the work that we do. And of course, Ziegler has been such a huge, huge part of that. Well, yeah, that I appreciate that. I grew up with a dad who was a, a business coach and so often telling stories at the dinner table about people who wanted to serve the Lord, wanted to love on people, went into the, the five-fold ministry, in essence, to do that, yeah. and uh, how poor of a fit that often was, and as you testified to, how often they found uh, as they found work and a vocation that fit them, their skills, talents, giftings, and abilities, they were able to do far more than they could even from the pulpit. Well, Howard, there Absolutely. is something, uh, and you don't even know about this. I, I have a book uh, in the works, um, and it's some exciting stuff happening. A lot of it is around something that you have in the book before you even get into the principles. 
uh, you said that it's the issue of vision and belief and the power of having that vision now, but I'm going to use that word. And this is my own paraphrase. You know, we can have a vision. I think a lot of people may have one, but it's just a mere dream. And you then hit it on the, hit it on the, on the head to me, which is saying it has to be a belief. That word belief, one of my favorite, uh, words, uh, ever is that belief. When can you really believe it? And you know that Howard, I mean, there's so many people and they may have a vision, they may have a desire, but, and I think you say it in the, in, in so many words until they believe they can do yeah. it. It's, it's, well, you said it, it's symptomatic. And I love that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Ziegler, of course, told us that the secret ingredient of success is desire and desire comes from a vision And what I've found in 22 years of coaching small business owners, individuals, and leaders to success is that they don't have the desire because they don't have the vision. They don't have the vision because there's a belief issue somewhere. Now, that belief issue may be, I don't believe in myself. I don't understand why I'm here. I don't believe. It could be as simple as, you know, I just don't believe that the, the, uh, as my good friend Ellen Rohr says, uh, the juice is worth the squeeze, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm going to put all this work in and I'm just not going to get the reward. It could be a limiting belief. There are so many hidden beliefs in our emotions. I'm reading a, a lot of stuff on the brain right now because our, our next conference is all about training the brain and some learning how the brain works and all that. And there's so much happening in our brain and in our emotions that we don't understand that uh, it, it, it requires a huge level of awareness, people around us to help us to, to get that vision and to have that belief. That has just been one. Because at the end of the day, it really does. Yeah, it really does come down to what do I really believe is possible, but not just from this sort of new age, you know, just, 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 uh, confess it or affirm it or, or, or say it into the universe and the universe gives me what I want. It's a matter of reflection and really thinking about, you know, why do I do the things that I do? Why don't I do the things that I know that I need to do? Where's that? Uh, what is that limiting belief inside of me? Mm-hmm. What is the fear that is keeping me from doing that? And fear may not be like something where I feel afraid. It just might be some hidden emotion that's keeping me from taking action. And one of the things that I share in the book is that, that people only change really through desperation or inspiration. We only make significant change in our life through desperation or inspiration. Problem with desperation is once you get the bill paid, you know, once you, you know, get through the challenge, then you get back in the comfort zone. But inspiration is something that is kindled on the inside when that when you have that burning desire and that vision that we talk about, and that comes from belief. And so another word for belief, a little bit of a different word, is faith. And the enemy of faith is fear. And again, it just may be the fear that I'm going to invest all this time and money and energy. It's not going to work. It may be the fear of success that, that I was talking to uh, one of my friends here at the beach house about uh, the fears that we naturally have. And, and, and so these, these internal fears that we may not even be aware of are many times holding us back. And we have to really drill down, unpack that. 
And in order to do that, we need uh, people around us to help us do that. Well, people, again, I think that's your fourth principle here. So I want to walk through them, uh, Howard. And, yeah. you know, this first one that you start off with, potential. And with each principle, well, folks listening, for each of these 10 principles, he leads off with a question. And the one on potential yes. that that is the foundation of that principle, who do you think you are? And so right back to this issue of belief. That is what has me so enamored about belief and about potential. Cause as we talk about goals and going after it and just doing it and all this, all this, uh, all the things that we are aspiring to that yeah, back to your word, symptomatic, it feels symptomatic. If we at the core uh, that we can't, we're not going to achieve beyond our belief in ourselves, And that is a hard thing to change. And so tell us a little bit about, yeah, how you unpack uh, potential. Cause to me it's, well, I, maybe that's why you have it. Number one, uh, sequentially, at least I don't know how to absolutely. not start there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I almost made the people principle the first one, but I felt like we have to first think about potential, think about the picture that we have, think about our purpose. And you're right. The people principle is number four. But I started with the people principle that says understanding your potential impacts your uh, impacts phenomenal performance. So before I share that principle, let me uh, share a little bit about the philosophy. So we understand that if we want to uh, reach a bigger goal, if we want to have something different, we want to do something different. The bigger that goal is, the bigger that dream is, we understand that we have to perform at a higher level. I think everybody understands that. So since my company is Phenomenal Products and everything in my world is quote unquote phenomenal, then uh, I call it Phenomenal Performance, extraordinary performance, right? So if you want to reach a bigger goal, then you have to perform at a higher level. So each one of these principles leads to what I call Phenomenal Performance. Well, then when we get into belief and we understand that our performance is limited, not just by our skill level, that's one of the components, but it's, it's, it's also impacted by our belief system. Uh, principles come from our belief systems. And when you really look at the principles and your philosophy of life and what you really believe and what you don't believe, uh, you are operating. Every single person listening to this podcast today is operating by a certain principle or a set of mm -hmm. principles, things that you came to believe. So my goal for this book is to help the, the audience uh, check their belief system and adopt these 10 principles. Now, there's not all the principles, but these are 10 that I have found in my life and my career that are extremely important. So each one of the, the principles has a statement and a question, as you said, behind it. Yeah. So the first one is the potential principle, understanding your potential impacts phenomenal performance. Well, if and then the question is, who do you think you are? So many years ago, I was I was building that little business and I just uh, decided to have a different attitude than most people had. In that, uh, in that industry. And there was a lot of negative attitude in that industry. And I, I went to this group, a local group every week, and they had a, a severe case of what Mr. Zig Ziglar called stinking thinking mm -hmm. needed a, a checkup check from, from the, the neck, neck up. up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they were, they were complaining about the economy. They were complaining about 
uh, their customers and everything. They weren't dressed for success. And I come strolling in the, the meeting every week wearing a sport coat, a tie, carrying a briefcase, positive attitude. And they literally said this. They said, who do you think you are? Zig Ziglar or somebody? No, now, this was before. Yes. True story. Beautiful. Before I ever even met Zig Ziglar. And of course, today I helped Tom run the company, you know, and uh, I had never even met Zig Ziglar. I knew it was a compliment. The amazing thing is what I learned most from Mr. Ziglar is that you are what you are and where you are because of what has gone into your mind. Yeah. You can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes into your mind. So when you start putting new beliefs in your, into your mind, you know, the old uh, quote that he gave in Born to Win was from Frank Outlaw. When you change your thinking, you change your beliefs. When you change your beliefs, you change your expectations. When you change your expectations, you change your attitude. When you change your attitude, you change your behavior. When you change your behavior, you change your performance. When you change your performance, you change your life, right? So Mr. Ziegler tells us that we're born to win, designed for accomplishment, engineered for success, endowed with the seeds of greatness. After all, God don't make no junk. The question is, do we believe yeah. that we're a phenomenal product? You know, do we believe that we can do phenomenal things? And do we believe that we can have a phenomenal life? And it all starts with that belief. Mr. Ziegler said, you got to be before you can do, and you got to do before you can have. The B part, the belief part is the challenge for us. It, everything that we do comes out of our identity. Who do you think you are? Well, I, I love that as the first one. So folks, that was the potential principle, number one. And, yeah. you know, the, the second one you have here, Howard, picture, you know, where are you going? And back to that vision. And to me, those two are so enmeshed you know, having my goal, saying where I want to go. And I've, I, over time in my life, I've become more aware of here's the vision. Can I really see myself there? And there's been times when it's, you know, it has to do with me or times when I'm just trying to discern God's will uh, for me to say, you know, I, I, I think it's here, but I, I, I remember telling my wife so many times over the years, I can't quite see it yet. And I'm going to trust yep, in that, yep, keep knocking, yep. but I can't quite see it. And then something will happen generally. And you know what? I can see it now or, or the others happen. You know what? I don't think, I think I saw it wrong. I, or I think I, I, I yep, took, yep, took yep, God's yep. will wrong, but just discerning it, but realizing the tangibility of what you're talking about here, that I've got to, I got to be able to see it and I have to believe it. Otherwise, well, I guess there's two things to look at. Is it, is it me, something wrong with me, or am I just not seeing that, that correctly? But either way, that vision, where are you going? I mean, it's easy to just to hit on goals, but, um, man, vision is still the right. best word for me. Can we see it? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So you can't go somewhere that you, you can't yes. see. Yeah. And the thing is, is that human beings do what human beings see. When you start studying the brain uh, vision, yeah. uh, there is so much going on with vision. And the truth is, is that uh, the principle, the picture principle says this. It says uh, the picture principle says that um, having um, a compelling picture uh, imagines phenomenal performance. So, Mr. Ziegler said that you can't, you, you have to see the desk, see the uh, reaching of the goal before you arrive at the destination. 
I had a big goal. I've been very successful. I mean, it was a struggle to get to where, you, you know, where I am. I, I grew up on welfare and had a lot of challenges building my business, but, you know, we've done very well. But 25 years ago, I guess it was 1997 to be exact. I uh, saw a piece of property I wanted right next to my favorite beach in the whole world. And I couldn't afford it. It was like literally outrageous. And it just went up from there. But I never, uh, I never let that picture leave my mind. And I thought about it every single day, probably not exaggerating. My wife was like, you know, praying, God, just give him that property. So leave me alone because it was a dream and I just wouldn't let it go. And uh, through a series of circumstances, the pricing came down and I was able to acquire that property, built a house on it, beautiful dream home on the beach. And we had a friend who came and visited right after it was finished in uh, 19, uh, sorry, 2017, two years ago, a little over two years ago. And he's like, wow, that's so nice. He said, so how long you been living here? I said, 20 years. Hmm. He said, well, I thought you just moved in. I said, I did. And he said, well, why did you say 20 years? I said, because I've been living in this house for 20 years in my mind. Yeah. And that's what Zig Ziglar says, is he says that, you know, you have to see it before you reach it. You know, I was going to add. very important. And sometimes we cannot, uh, sometimes we cannot uh, reach, sometimes we cannot see the destination. We can't see the picture because belief. Now, faith is believing something that we've never experienced, that it can happen and there are uh, a number of other things that go into this. One of them is the people principle, that yeah. you have people around you that help you to believe the impossible. Your vision there, uh, Howard, you'll appreciate that. This, you know my dad, and he was a, uh, yes. a Zig Ziglar student at the top of the list. And in my growing up from about ages 10 to, to 17, uh, living at home, I think most of that time in my parents' bathroom on his window, he had the same picture of a home and a car. And that yes. is, you know, of course, what he ultimately achieved too. It's interesting though, and I will, I, I'm going to deviate just real quick with you, Howard, sure. because you talk about your. Well, so much of your story is your personal story and you just alluded to it. You're coming yeah. from poverty, coming from hardship. Do you look back on that and see a time when belief started or where you realized you had belief or do you look back and go, I, I don't know why, uh, but for some reason I did, I did generally have belief that I could do more, be more. You are listening to The Ziggler Show in this episode with Howard Partridge as we walk through his 10 principles, which as I said in the intro, I believe are just a powerful audit for us all to consider as we ask ourselves, are we participating in each principle? Uh, And if not, this is probably the reason we are not implementing as we desire. Again, you can find Howard's new book, FTI Failure to Implement at howardpartridge.com or wherever you buy books. So we'll come back to Howard's response to my inquiry just now about his personal beliefs, where they came from, after I share some great products and services with you. Yeah, I honestly don't know where it came from, but it is true that that 
I did have some level of that. It's like, and I think it's just part of my personality. I'm a, I'm a D and D's just think that way. You know, it's like, there's a solution to this. I had a childhood friend recently tell me, you probably don't remember this, but we were playing football and, you know, we were teenagers and he was struggling with his weight. And I just encouraged him, said, you could do this. And so I was just always that way. I was also a rebellious kid. And I said, you know, uh, you may have, my parents may have taken my car away and I'm not old enough to buy one, but I'll figure out how to get around, which I did. I went and bought a car illegally somehow at 17 years old. <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible car and got kicked out of the house. I said, no big deal. I'll get on a Greyhound bus and go to Houston, Texas, hoping that my, my real father would uh, let me live with him, which he did, but there was no guarantee that he would be there. So I've just sort of always been that way. But I don't think you have to be that way. I think you can just simply adopt a lot of these uh, belief principles. You can adopt these things. And if you accept them and you have the support, the encouragement and the accountability around you, even if you can't see it as quickly as someone else, doesn't mean that you can't benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we talk so much about increasing your belief, strengthening your belief. And I found myself sometimes in, in recent times talking with people and say, you know, make a case to why you can't do it. Make a case to yeah. why you shouldn't believe. That's good. That's lo- really good. A lot of times it's, it's interesting to watch that flow. So there's probably another book in there. We'll talk about that. Uh, so <laughs> yes, for sure. your third principle here, um, w- purpose, yep. purpose. Why yep. do you do what you do? And you talked about that before, just understanding the why that awareness uh, again, it's so hard not to make every one of these the best thing that, that awareness right. of why do we do what, what, what we do? I would say, well, I'll ask you, I, I think the majority of us don't know, and we don't, there's nowhere in our life that we're taught to even question. Why do we do what we right. do? We just right. go with the flow and, and do that. Yep. And so you pulling us back here to purpose. Why do you do what you do? Tell us a little more about, about that. Yeah. So it's really very logical. As I mentioned earlier, if God created me, he has a plan for my life. What is it? And I think before we even get to purpose, I think just getting to meaning itself is, is very important because uh, so many young people today, uh, in fact, uh, in fact, uh, child suicides are up a hundred percent in the last decade. And I can't help but think that our culture has so much to do, do with that. And the fact that we teach evolution and so many people either believe in evolution or they believe that, well, there may be a God out there, but I don't know who it is. So, you know, religion's not really helping and, and, and without going into all of that, so many young people grow up and life is just meaningless because it's not exciting all the time. And they don't, they don't, they don't, they have this false expectation really. But when we really come to terms with, okay, God put me here. Uh, I can be joyful. Uh, I have unlimited potential. I can do anything that God wants me to do. And um, I can, I can see a picture. So why do I want to do if I have goals? And that's really who this book, this book is ultimately for everybody, but it's really, uh, the niche is people want to reach bigger goals, people yeah. who want to reach bigger goals faster and have more fun doing it, less stress, get the right things done. And the right things really come with purpose. And by the way, uh, this book follows 
uh, Zig Ziglar's uh, personal performance planner, the Ziglar planner. And the action steps in each of the book is to go in each uh, chapter of the book is to go into the Ziglar planner and fill out a piece of the planner. So uh, under the picture principle, for example, they go in, you go in and fill out your dream list. And Mr. Ziegler asked us to wait 24 to 48 hours and then turn those dreams into goals. And then once you turn those dreams into goals, you ask a very important question and it is why. And I remember the first time I got that, I said, you know, why do you want to do all this? And it just, it just came to me like a revelation that part of my belief system is that we're all here for a reason to impact other people and that we, we must have an impact uh, while we're here, leave the world a better place. Yeah. Uh, Zig Ziglar himself, the problem, and I take you through a, a, a purpose exercise and it kind of goes like this. So uh, think about a problem that you want to solve. Think about your passion And you already have the potential and you have certain gifts and talents. We all have different things in our personality and experiences that we can bring to the table. You take those three, three things together and you can start to find clues to your purpose. For example, Mr. Ziegler wanted to solve the self image problem and his passion was to speak and write. And he developed his skill in doing that and helped a lot of people. Dave Ramsey wants to solve a debt problem And his passion was speaking and teaching. And through uh, everything from the very first free financial peace universities, he did classes he did in Sunday school all the way till now, uh, he's doing that. He's fulfilling his purpose. So uh, it may or may not be something that you do full time, but it's a phenomenal exercise to really ask yourself everything that you do every single day. Why am I doing this? Yeah. What purpose is it serving? Yeah. You know, back to that awareness thing. I, I don't want to deviate here, but I I'd like people to hear. I think we're at risk culturally of being in a point where people have, we as a culture have less and less purpose. We spend time being distracted and with entertainment and less time on purpose. And I think we're seeing the results of that with the increase in depression and suicide and such things. So uh, again, such an important, uh, such an important point as all these are. Well, Four is people, the one that you said it was hard for you not to start there. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but it was probably, let's see, this is show 759. It was in the past three shows. It was one of the Q&A shows I did with Tom, and we talked about you, talked about your book, uh, The Power of Community. And, you know, here you're back on that again, people. And uh, uh, who do the question, who do you have around you? Uh, that is one, again, going back to what I just talked about culturally, that we know that we are more, you know, in quotes connected than ever, but with less intimate, true relationships. So I assume Howard that you're seeing this issue. Maybe that's why it was hard for you not to make it the most important one, because we may be suffering from more of a lack than ever in, in the people area. Yes, absolutely. So the people principle says that the right people influence phenomenal performance. Uh, and the fact is, is that we don't have today in our culture, intimate relationships. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I get into those reasons in my book, the power of community and how our culture has changed, how the rise of 
uh, technology has affected us and things like that. But the fact is, is that the people that you have around you are going to help you to understand your potential. My first mentor, the wisest man that I know, most spiritual man that I know, helped me to see my gift. And every single human being has a gift. Every single person listening here, you may not know what it is, but you have a gift. You are created with potential. And the right people around you will help you see the possibilities. They'll help you see the picture. Hey, I see you doing this. Most of what I've done, other people saw it before I did. Think about that for a second. Most people saw it before I did. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And, and that's why we need to have the right people around, around us. Uh, the right people around you, I'm so blessed. I have so many people around me today that keep me accountable. You know, we all need the support. That's the information, the training, and all that sort of thing that we, that we need. We need the encouragement. Hey, you can do this. You're called to this. It's your purpose. And then we need the accountability because we can all say, you know, I just don't feel like doing what I need to do today. Yeah. And we need to have some level of accountability. So the thing is, is that, is that having the right people around you will not only help you understand your potential, see the picture, but they will help you to understand why you're doing it, why it makes a difference. Because we can get caught up in the business stuff and we miss that this person's child was changed because of your work. One of the things that blesses me more than anything else is in our inner circle, in the Ziegler inner circle that we do, our coaching program, I do, I have leadership groups on Zoom, just like you and I are on right now. And a, a lot of the people in our community homeschool. And so I got about 12 kids on one of my group calls that are just sitting there soaking it all in. We're talking about leadership, you yeah, know, yeah. and their kids are changing and they're getting the whole, you know, the whole thing. And, and it's just amazing. So even though Mr. Ziegler is not here anymore, uh, in person, those kids can still be sitting in the back seat listening to Mr. Ziegler or on something that we're doing and get the, the pure and the, the positive and the powerful in their little minds. And yeah. so people having the right people around you is so, so important. You can say that the people around you don't affect you. You make up your own mind, but you'd be lying to yourself. And especially young people, there's this fear of loss of, you know, if I, if I, uh, don't sort of fit in yeah. and go with the flow, then there's this huge fear of loss inside that yeah. I'm going to lose my social status. I'm, I'm going to be unloved. And, and it goes to a very deep uh, area. And honestly, as a society, we're not handling this very well. We're not being there for other people to support them, encourage them and help them be accountable. And accountability to me means being the right person, living by these positive principles. It doesn't mean, you know, do your job. That's a whole different aspect of accountability. So, yeah, it's just so, so important that that one thing right there could almost be the whole thing. And that's why I wrote the book, The Power of Community. Well, and I've, I've referenced that so many times, Howard, in the aspect of, you'll appreciate this, like, you know, exercise, exercise, 
a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, uh, they didn't exercise. Their life was exercise. Right. Uh, and right, you, right, you right. talk about that so much, you know, in the power community back, back when we had to have community to survive, we, we had to rely right. on that today. We, in a lot of ways don't to pay the bills to, to, to just, you know, get through yep. the day we don't have to. So we have to, and that's, what's really enamored me is how intentional I have to be. Cause it's not a I mean, it's a have to for my yeah. overall health and wellness and success and joy and fulfillment, but it's not a have to for survival. Yeah. And well, there, that's a great right. method. So without it, I am merely in survival. Well, uh, yeah, each one of these is a show in and of itself, but I'll, I'll go on here to planning, uh, the next principle yeah. and your statement sure. is how will you get there? And it's interesting. Let's go back to your story about the property, you know, that you looked at. And at that point, yeah. I imagine you said, you know what? I can see myself there. I want that. I'm going to have that. You didn't know how at that point, uh, but you went forward. I didn't, then. I didn't know how. So talk about the planning because um, yeah. you had to get there. You bet. You bet. Before we leave uh, people, let yeah. me just make this statement. If you want to be more financially successful, then hang out, hang out with people who are more financially successful. Yeah. If you want to be debt-free, be around debt-free people. If you want to be healthy, be around healthy people. If you want to be a good family person, be around people who are great family people. If you want to be, have more faith, hang around people who have more faith. If you want to learn to be a better marketer, then, you know, learn from other marketers. In fact, the greatest, the, the greatest life lesson that I've ever learned is this, is that get around people who are already where you want to be and that know how to help you get there. Mr. Ziegler was so big on mentors and coaches and people who had uh, great character and integrity that could, could lead him to where he wanted to go. Yeah. So then we have to have a plan, right? So the yeah. planning principle uh, says this, that uh, proper planning initiates phenomenal performance. You know, I could just sort of, you know, go out and, and not think about ideas of how to get that property or to build that business and just kind of respond to the everyday circumstances and hope and wish. But if I sit down and, and start planning, okay, uh, how am I going to, let's say I'm going to go to Hawaii. I got to sit down. We're here in the Caribbean right now for a week, uh, on an island in a big house with a bunch of people. It took a lot of planning to make this happen. We can't even get started without a plan. As Mr. Zig Ziglar said, you're born to win, but in order to be the winner that you were born to be, you have to plan to win and you have to prepare to win. That means planning and it means training. So oftentimes I'd be sitting on that beach and, and I uh, eventually bought a little condo and I was, I was still dreaming about that property down the street next to my favorite beach. I would go down to my favorite beach because it's a public beach. And I would sit on the beach, walk on that property and think and dream and get the picture. And, and I had to even work through, this is important, I had to even work through, is it okay if, if I have such an expensive sort of piece of property and a house that's just yeah. going to sit there and, and, you know, you know what I mean? So I had to go through that whole thing. And the, the truth of that is that it created a lot of jobs, created a lot of relationships and, and uh, it employs people. So, you know, it's good for the economy, but uh, so I would think of ideas. I mean, I literally was so sold out to that idea that when my business 
was smaller, I thought, well, if I sold my company, I could build this property and I could walk on this beach every day. At that point, money was not that important to me. Being on that beach every day and swimming in that water, that was important. I could start another business, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I just kept thinking of ideas and think of ideas. And fortunately, I was growing financially and I hit a sweet spot when the, um, when the economy, unfortunately for many people, when it tanked, uh, wasn't good for them. In my case, it was good for me because the pricing went down significantly at that point. I could afford it and was able to, to make it happen. But, you know, you have to plan that stuff out. You know, you have to, you have to say, okay, what's step one? What's step two? What's step three? And you have to see a path to get there. Yeah, that one, uh, you know, admittedly, Howard, I have suffered a lot in that one where with my own confidence and hubris and drive and effort and belief, man, I can see it and I'm just going to go after it. We'll figure it out. And generally we did, but it was after an immense amount of pain and waste uh, that was not necessary. It hurt people along the way. Uh, so I have no, I'm not a no regrets type person. There's some, there's plenty of things back there that I would not do it that way again. God can redeem and has thank, thank, yes. thank goodness. But, uh, there were, there were not, it was not good planning and often a, a very big lack of planning. So I have, uh, a lot of personal, a lot of personal, uh, uh, investment right in that one. It was six. You have, I'm I'm with you. Listen. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Yeah. So, you know, we, but you know what? Mr. Ziegler said that failure is an event. It's not a person. Mm -hmm. And yesterday really did end last night. Today's a brand new day. We can get up and try it again. (laughs) We all wish that we had planned it out uh, perfectly. Right. But it just doesn't happen that way. But it's a principle that we can learn and adopt and, and start practicing more and more often. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I started doing many, many years ago that was helpful to me is to, um, is to have what I call a, a daily time capsule. might not be the right technical term, but strategic thought time, quiet time, whatever. And, and that's what Mr. Ziegler uh, tells us to do. In the Ziegler Performance Planner, you have the seven-step goal-setting process. You set four goals, you work on them every day. Just take a little bit of time every morning to focus on those goals and to uh, take a little bit of action every single day on those goals. Well, the next one you have priority, and that's an interesting one to me. Howard, like you, I have uh, been an entrepreneur my entire life, and one of those reasons is I, 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 wanna, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. <laughs> so I wake every, up every morning and nobody tells me what to do. And, uh, when work time comes, then sometimes I sit there and go, my goodness, what am I going to do? And even even in a good scenario where there's so many opportunities where I find myself now, it is often figuring out what is the most, uh, we're back to the Stephen Covey list. You know, what's urgent, what's important, what's, what's not. And I find myself there every day and I'm using my own, you know, you mentioned productivity. This is not a productivity, you know, focused book. Right. Um, but in that aspect of looking and going, Oh my goodness, how am I going to be productive? And because there are so many things I want to do, including having free time, I want to work smarter. 
Uh, that's, you know, you even yeah. talked about that before upping our personal performance. And again, I think so many people, they hear that and they think I've just got to, you know, do more. I've got a more willpower, more self-discipline, grip my teeth and do more. And I'm learning so often that upping my performance is generally just working smarter, not more. I just want to get more right. out of that's the time. Right. So back to your that's priority right. and your question is what's important now. And you mentioned yes. the, the Ziegler goals planner. I mean, that's such a great tool yeah. for doing that. And, um, yeah. So talk about that priority. What's important now. Cause it's, I mean, I, I still, I mean, I'm talking about it, but it's a daily challenge. Yeah. So I think one of the best books that I ever re- read on that was uh, Gary Keller's book, the one thing. Yeah. And Gary Keller was a co-founder of Keller Williams Realty, which became the largest residential real estate company in the country, probably in the world. And he said, when I looked at back over my career, he, he said, where my uh, focus was narrowed, that's when I was most effective. And that hmm. company grew 40% year over year for over a decade. Wow. And he said, the only way yeah, he said the only way that you can sustain that kind of growth is being extremely focused. So before I share this, I want to take us back. See, all these principles work together, right? So uh, let's go back to the desire level, right? Do we really, whether our goal is a be goal, a do goal, or a have goal, that desire, that energy has to be there. We have to under- see the picture every single day. So when I open my Ziggler Performance Planner, I have my vision board on the inside cover and pictures. One of the pictures was I wanted to go sailing again this year in the Caribbean. So guess what we did day before you yesterday, (laughs) you know, I've got a picture of a sailboat and, and uh, so, you know, you're, you're inspired. Then you have to plan that time. You have to plan your planning time. Uh, Gary Keller calls it the one thing time. And there's a focusing question that that entire book is about. And it says this, What is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes either easier or unnecessary? Hmm. What is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? So you can apply that to health. You can apply that to finance. You can apply that to your business or your job or your marketing or whatever. And it's a matter of drilling it down. So you have your top four goals or your top four projects. And in business coaching, we have our, our clients uh, create four projects, usually four systems that they're working on at one time. And uh, kind of like your personal goals, the four goals you're working on. And then you drill it down to what's the one thing that I can do. So, for example, you have a business. And you want to become profitable or be more profitable. What's the one thing you can do? Well, tip usually it comes down to more sales for most companies, unless they just have big, huge overhead for small business owners. It just comes down to more sales. Okay. What's the one thing you could do to, uh, to generate more sales? Well, maybe that's close more sales. Maybe it's market to my client base. Maybe it's to have a calling program to previous clients. Maybe it's to have a referral program. And so you continue to keep drilling down until you're reaching that goal of hitting those numbers that you need to, to hit. As an example, same thing goes for health, right? 
And one of the things that I'm learning about habits as I study the brain and habits and things like that is uh, one of the books I was reading recently, a guy by the name of James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And he has something called a two minute, uh, two minute exercise or something like that. Two minute rule, I think it was. And you want to break it down to something you can do within two minutes. So for him, for example, for exercise, it was the habit of just changing into his exercise clothes when he gets home would uh, be the catalyst that would make sure that he went to the gym, right? He shared another example of a woman who lived in New York City and her habit was, I'm going to get in a cab and go to the gym. That was the only thing in her mind. That's something she could do within two minutes. So it's boiling it down to what's the one thing I can do rather than filling our mind with all these different things that we could do. What's the one thing I could do? I can go to the gym. Just go to the gym. Don't worry about what kind of exercise. Don't worry about how often you're going to or how long you're going to exercise. Just do that one thing. And so it's a matter of uh, focusing on the things that are going to leverage your time. And, you know, you just can't do everything and you can't do too many things effectively. We can only do, we have to figure out what those big rocks are to uh, focus on. What are the big rocks that are going to make everything else happen? You you know, there's so much content right now, books, uh, also on just distraction, how, how distracted we are, how not present we are. And I am as prone to that as anyone. I, uh, I don't like the, I don't, I don't accept the label, but, uh, some of the ADHD type tendencies, you know, (laughs) I think that's just my personality being an entrepreneur and having lots of interests and whatever. But one of the main things that helps me battle distraction is doing a daily priority list and I'll often do that. Absolutely. And everybody's yeah. got their thing. I've done everything from sticky notes to just making a list on a word document or whatever, and just go, okay, what, yeah. what are the areas of my businesses today? Which businesses, what are the priorities in those? What are the urgent yeah. going through that? And, oh, then I know what to do. Otherwise I will end up wasting so much time on email um, or, you know, a stack of bills or whatever it may be that is just not the most important thing at the time. So, you know, the next one, Howard, as I looked at the, the 10, you know, it process process. And the question you have is what systems will you use? And I wondered pondering if that may be one of the least cognizant ones of those that people, I think most people, they can relate to most of these, but process, what systems will you use? Uh, and, yeah. and I'll own it for myself that that is generally not the most prevalent, uh, sexy, if you could say, you know, to turn my process on me. But then I, as I realized, especially as I've gone into business and wanting to do more that I have to, I mean, you rely on those processes, but it doesn't seem to be a real, I don't know what a tangible one. Do you find that for most people to think? What are the processes? Yeah, I think, you know, I think one of the things that you start to learn in a business and so, so the principle says this, by the way, going back to the priority principle uh, real quick, what's important now, the first time I interviewed Mr. Ziegler, I asked him, I said, why are you sitting here with me? At that time, he was getting $100,000 a speech. He didn't have to sit down with me. He didn't have to show up at my event. I mean, I just bought product and I was hoping to maybe get a telephone interview with him or something. And I said, I know you and the redhead have a lake house down the way here. And aren't there more pleasurable things that you could be doing right now? 
And he said this, it'll never, I'll never, ever forget this. He said that there may be more pleasurable things to do, but there are a few things that are more important. So we just have to string all this together and say, what's important right now. And I think that if we're getting distracted, like I'm here in the Caribbean right now, and my priority is to uh, finish reading the books that I have and to uh, finish writing the book that I'm writing and get as far as I, so I have a routine. I have a system for the day, if you will. Okay. So in the morning, I write and I read and then the afternoon I go play. So half the more than half of the house went on a hike this morning. You're going to go with us? And I was like, nope, because that's might be enjoyable, might be pleasurable. And it'd be so cool to be up there and get the exercise and all that. But this is my party right here. So system, right? So um, speaking of uh, being here on the island, the process principle says that a simple process improves phenomenal performance. If I want to go down there to the grocery store, I can walk. I could take a bicycle. I could take an automobile. Those are probably my three options at this point. I may have left one or two out, but those are probably the three obvious options. Which one of those is going to get me there faster? That car. Which one of those is going to be the easiest? Yeah. So we want to create simple systems in our life and in our business. And I first really learned this through business is that if you want to scale a business, you got to have systems, right? So this is the way we answer the phone. This is our script. This is what we say when someone says that. This is the way that we market. This is the way that we uh, hire. This is the way that we do everything that we do. And the more that you can systematize, the more it improves performance, right? And, uh, and so the more systems you have that are simple and easy to do, the more flow you can get. So I just started applying it to my own life. And the fact is, is that everybody has systems. You do, there are certain things that you do when you get up, you have a morning routine. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of thinking through those routines and saying, okay, when do I have the most energy? For example, this is when I need to be doing my creative work. This is when I schedule uh, phone calls. I typically don't do phone calls uh, or things like that until the afternoon, right? Because I want my creative energy to work on projects and uh, writing and planning and things like that. I have a personal, this shirt that I'm wearing right here, I have about 40 of these. They're exactly the same. Uh, exactly the same shirt, same brand, just different colors. And I have shorts that are 40 different shorts, the same exact shorts, same, same brand, just different colors. I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear ever. Mm-hmm. The same with, with suits. I just suit and I don't have to think about it. Now, people might think, well, God, that's a really boring way to live. Not when you consider what you get out of it. And the few minutes that you save every day and the, the, the brain space that you think. Mr. Ziegler said, you know, people want to be free. And he said, you know, a locomotive is free, but only if it's on the track, mm-hmm. you know. And so we have to have a track. We have to have a system. We have to have a, a little vehicles that help us improve our performance. 
Well, that one, yeah, routine is the word. Again, being the you know, free-spirited entrepreneur I want to be, and I'll never forget a personal assistant who finally said, look, I know you don't like confines. I know you, you balk against structure, but you have routines, right, Kevin? I mean, have you ever f- yeah. not brushed your teeth in the morning? So now you know what? I've never missed that one. Do you ever not have your coffee in the morning, Kevin? Nah, I, those are routines. Will you just commit to doing the show on the same day? This was years ago. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, a routine and the power of that. And you're right. We all have them. We just uh, seldom have them intentionally. Well, the next one here, yeah. Howard, productivity. What yep. action are you taking? So uh, play that one out for us. Sure. So at the end of the day, obviously we have to take action and I love this. And the productivity principle says this, um, persistent, consistent productivity ensures phenomenal performance. Mr. Ziegler said that outside of character, integrity, PC, persistent consistency Mm. is the most important thing. And Siri likes that. Apparently she's, um, talking to you I said Siri and she's <laughs> continues to come on I need to deactivate that somehow anyway uh, so he said uh, outside of character and integrity persistent consistency is the next uh, most important thing um, qualities of success if you will yeah. and he also said that anything worth doing is worth doing Good. poorly until you can learn to do it well so the thing is is that just take action every day but remember that all these other principles come first. What are you trying to accomplish? Believe that you can do it. Why are you doing it? Make sure that you've got the support, the encouragement, the accountability. Spend the time thinking and planning. Prioritize your work and then just take action every day. And the best way to do that is to schedule it and to have a schedule. This is when I do this. This is when I do that. And deviate as little as possible. Plan your fun time, plan your beach time, plan your, uh, your day so that it can work well for you and plan your family time. Like I don't, after four o'clock in the afternoon, I rarely do any quote unquote work. I might check my text messages or emails, but that's only because I want to sort of stay up on things. Not because I have to, but taking action every single day, just five chops a day. You you cut down any tree, regardless of the size of it. Your, your aspect there on productivity, I want to point out. This is a show, it's been a long time ago, but uh, show episode folks three seventy eight was with Kevin Cruz, and he wrote a book that was very impacted me a lot. Fifteen secrets successful people know about time management, and if I was to boil it down. Uh, It would come down to what you talked about right there, Howard, is that successful people, they kind of like Dave Ramsey budget every dollar. They budget every minute. And and again, man, that's, that's not one that I like because I like spontaneity, but I can budget that in too. There's these things are are non-negotiable. I'm going to do these things. I'm not going to miss them in the morning. I'm not going to miss brushing my teeth, my devotions, my exercise. I'm not going to miss those things. After that, I'm going to check in on my work after that. There's a lot of room for spontaneity, but the things that are important. Yeah. yeah. Schedule free time. Yes. Just block it out on your calendar that, you know, I'm going to just spend this time doing whatever I want to do. Yeah. 
Well, nine, progress. The question you asked there is how are you tracking? So I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, in my other podcast, The True Life Show, which so many of you guys are listening to now, and I'm grateful. Episode 20 just dropped. That's what we talked about, Howard. And we talked about it even from a health and wellness standpoint that mm-hmm. we know that the stats on, as I hold my, my wearable device up here, if you buy a Fitbit or a Garmin or whatever that tracks your steps, you know, tracks your calories burned, your heart rate, your sleep, those things, just the fact of purchasing it and putting it on your wrist generally will cause a 10% increase. And if I can just say healthier decisions, healthier living. Now, if you share that information with somebody, let's say a health coach, a doctor or whatever, that percentage goes way, way up. So you, you haven't even made a plan just putting it on there just gives you that awareness. So here you're talking about that. And again, that's something that I have not always done well in my entrepreneurial life. I've done it better to my health than I have as an entrepreneur to, to, uh, to, to track, my yes. progress. Yes. I mean, that goes right back to, yeah. you know, I don't know when the Ziegler goals planner was published initially, but, uh, you mm-hmm. know, this is, this is not new under the sun and yet so few of us do it well. And you have, I I've heard that from you consistently in your yes. business about the power of tracking. Cause you've, of course, yeah. you know, you've lived out the benefits. Absolutely. So, you know, if there's one area that I struggle in, that I have struggled in the most, it would be the health uh, area, eating right and exercising and just a simple app or something like what you're using there. I, I even mentioned that in the book because the track, the progress principle says this tracking your progress illuminates phenomenal performance. So when you win big, you're like, how do we do it? If we lose, why did we lose? And we don't take the time, I think, that's so necessary for entrepreneurs running your profit and loss every week, you know, uh, tracking your sales goals on your team every single day. And that way you can make adjustments. Uh, when you're in any kind of sport, you're tracking the score, you're tracking the stats, you're, you know, and then you can go back and you can look at that game, win or lose, and you can see the things that happen that affected the score. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, whether it's health or finance or uh, just about anything else, it comes down to what I did and didn't do and how well did I do it. And so I can look at track my performance. I like to say that uh, when you, uh, so when you're on a flight and they have the GPS flight tracker and it, it, it shows that little line of how far you've come and how far you have to go, you know, it illuminates your track record. Yeah. Right. And if you look at that, there's there's no there's no uh, uh, there is there's you can't change that. It is what it is. Right. There's no flubbing that. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you're talking about dreams and goals, you can get all hyped up and say, oh, we could do this. We can do that. Or we can't do this. or can't do that. This is what actually happened. And so now I can adjust my performance by adjusting what I do and don't do and how I do it. Yeah, that is, uh, you, you know, you, I think you, I don't know if you mentioned, or I was just thinking about sports and I'm so aware of, yeah. it is such an industry of tracking. If anybody hasn't seen yes. the movie Moneyball and the, the tracking mm-hmm. that went into that and, uh, you know, I hear my podcast, I got to admit that there's not a whole lot of days that, that go by that. I don't go check out the rankings, check out the stats, check out the right, downloads. Right, right. 
Because as you said, man, they don't they don't lie. Ultimately, it was, it was downloaded this many times a day, or it was not. End of story, and that's what you get paid on. Um, man, that's right. That's right. Patience, the last one. And I'll have to tell you, as I as I looked at that and looked at the question, patience, and you said, "What will you give?" I thought, I, mm. I don't understand that at face value. I yeah. had to go read a little deeper. So I'll ask you to describe a little deeper. Perfect. Well, the patience principle says this exercising great patience increases phenomenal performance. As you're learning, you got to be patient with yourself as you're training team members. You got to be patient with them as you're invest saving or investing money. You got to be patient uh, with your health. You know, the fact is, is that we don't just take an action and immediately see the results, do we? Yeah. We, you exercise, you eat right. I know for me that the weight doesn't come off quickly (laughs) and, you know, working with other people and relationships and untangling relationships. If you have kids, uh, great patience is required. And the fact is, is the point is, what will you give? Well, if you know that this is what you want, you know, you have a healthy self-image, you know, this is what you want this, you know, this is why you want it. You got the people around you cheerleading you and you have a, you have a plan. You're, you know what the priorities are. You're taking action. Uh, you're building systems. You're tracking your progress. You're doing all this stuff and you're not where you want to be yet. Will you keep on giving? Hmm. How much is it worth to, to give? How much is, what's the value of what it is you're trying to do or to have or to be. I was sharing with someone in our group the other day at my conference that on my dream list under be, do, and have, every single dream that I have now, they're all be dreams. They're not do dreams. They're not gold or not have dreams because, you know, I've been able to, to reach a lot of goals in my life. And I, 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 it's, I just want to be a better person. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father, be a better grandfather and be a better business owner, be a better partner, because I know that everything comes out of that. So we have to be patient with the results. We have to be patient with ourselves. And I end with a story that Mr. Zig Ziglar left with us. And I won't tell the whole story, but it's the story of the pump. You know, and uh, Zig Zig Ziglar said that you got to if you pump long enough and hard enough and enthusiastically enough, sooner or later, the reward will come forth. And he told a story about the old water pump that he carried around with him. You can YouTube the video. And and, uh, you know, he said, uh, before you can get anything out, you got to put something in. So the question is, what will you give? He said, then you got to pump like crazy before you get any. Uh, result whatsoever. So the question is, what will you give? And then if you pump long enough, hard enough, and you start getting the flow, guess what a lot of us do? We said, oh man, we hit that goal and feels good and we get distracted again. No, you got to keep the pressure on. Keep a little easy, steady pressure on it and keep the flow going. Because if you have the right goal, if you have the right dream, if you have the right um, outlook on life, then everything that you're doing is going to affect other people. And 
if it's going to affect other people, honestly, I don't work for myself anymore. I, I honestly don't. I work so that I can keep my team prospering and I can help Tom and all the, if it was just me, I could just sit on the beach and do coaching. I would be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Financially. But that's not what I'm called to. And so the question is, what will you give to yourself? What will you invest in your future? Is it worth it? And if you can't answer yes to that, then we need to go back to the beginning of the book. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for your book. I'm grateful for the Uh, effort that you put in to bring it forth. It feels like I know you've written a lot. You've done a lot. It feels like a great compilation. And I know it's, uh, I know it's, it's still one in the many line of of further books you're going to do, but man, this one is, uh, it is powerful. I'm grateful to bring it to the audience here. I'm grateful to be a co-conspirator with you and the Ziegler legacy as well. But uh, thank you for that. I thank and and I'm extra thankful today because you gave up a hike to be with us. So, uh, there you go. I know you'll go have fun (laughs) after this Howard, but I just grateful for the time. Thank you again. Awesome. Well, thank you for keeping the the Ziegler legacy alive through the podcast, through the Ziegler show. We're grateful for you as well, Kevin. Thank you, Howard. Friends, you just got an MBA in personal development uh, and what areas you need to address to get you implementing as you would be proud of and elevated by. Again, get Howard's book, FTI, Failure to Implement at howardpartridge.com or wherever you buy books. Coming up in episode 760, controlling when you're out of control. So check this out. I ask Ziegler listeners this question. Throughout a given day, do you generally behave as you intend to? If and when you don't, what tends to derail you? Well, as responses started pouring in, there's a big thread of just people. People are the issue that folks have struggle with. So I gave a follow-up question and asked, when you get upset with people, does your emotion come from fear or pride? Fear, like abandonment, rejection, loss, or pride, justice, fairness, and enabling. Well, I asked Stephen and Mara Klemek to join me. They were my recent guests in show 753, where we discussed how our behavior is explained by four principles. And that's the new message in their book above the line. So as we went through the responses to these guys, as I did a two part question, what we came out with is, well, first off some significant information on fear versus pride. And well, Hey, as you'll hear, most of it is, or if if not all of it is fear, pride is just an aspect of fear. But then as we went through the specifics of what derailed people, what really came to the surface, well, in a dramatic fashion, is the issue of control. That was the primary ingredient. When people feel out of control with their circumstances, with their environment, and very much so with people, that is when their behavior declines. Or as in my case, maybe I'm making a big effort to keep my behavior where it needs to be, but that effort is very tiring, very taxing, very stressful. So just a significant message that I didn't even foresee in this as we got incredible guidance from Stephen and Mara Clemick. I think you're going to get a ton out of this show. Well, till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 